the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Dollar Car Rental Studios. It's the Dave Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. I am Dave Ramsey, your host, Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, best-selling author of the book, Redefining Anxiety, is my co-host. We're here to talk to you about your life and your money. You got issues and you want to talk about family things after Thanksgiving? Well, Dr. John is here. <laughs> it's a fairly fruitful topic, Maybe no pun intended. Maybe too, that's right. Might have been some stuff over Thanksgiving some of you need to unpack. It could happen. And um, I don't know if I'm the guy for that one. I think I've got to call into my own show to unpack <laughs> some stuff. But so, such uh, it is. The great news about Thanksgiving is you're with family. The bad news about Thanksgiving is you're with family. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, that's how that works. It just so. depends on the one you come home with. <laughs> There's that. Uh, open phones as we talk about your life and your money. 888-825-5225. Kathy's in Miami. Hi, Kathy. How are you? Hi, thanks for taking my call. I'm so excited to talk to you. You too. How can we help? <laughs> okay, um, to put it uh, simply as I can, I guess I'm looking for either reassurance or a kick in the pants about whether or not we're on track to be good in retirement. Um, I am 50. My husband will be 55 the end of this month, and we're both in federal law enforcement. He it's mandatory retirement. He's done. That's right. Years. Yeah. And we started the baby steps a year ago. We're still on baby step two, uh, about 80,000 in debt to pay off. Um, and we'll be, we'll pay off this 80,000, uh, I'm estimating in two years, right? When he's hitting retirement, um, which is also when our oldest daughter will be starting college. Um, he is going to try and stay on as a, a rehired annuitant or something like that, but he won't be able to contribute to the TSP at that point. And we're not contributing now. We stopped it a is year ago. Is that how ago. he can make the most money of uh, staying on? Why, he, why doesn't he change, why does he change employers upon retirement? Uh, because I, I, just, I don't think that either he or I have any idea what he could do. That would he could go uh, work full time at his age. He could go work full time as a police officer at your university of choice, and your kids would go free. I know a number of officers that do that. He could go be a consultant and make more money than y'all know what to do with. He's not. He's not a peace officer, though. He's a federal. Well, I, it's exactly right. And what I'm telling you is, okay. it's thinking outside that box again. You've got this. You've right. got this either or. This is what we know. Was he ATF or FBI or what? Uh, Homeland Security. Okay. Well, why wouldn't he be qualified to do lots of consulting for companies that need security analysis? Um, he probably would be qualified. I don't think he would want to do that. Right now, he teaches at their academy, mm-hmm. and he loves doing that and wants to stay there doing that Okay. once he is forced to Okay, so they would pay him what he's making now to stay, but he would lose all the benefits? I know he would lose the TSP benefits, um, and I believe his salary would be reduced by what he's receiving in his pension, I believe. I'm not exactly sure. Okay. 
how it well, works. Well, number one, let's back but up. We, okay, how much? How much do you, yeah. you? You didn't call about that, but the answer is, I think he needs to consider <laughs> other career options. I think this one sucks. Looking yeah. in from the outside, <laughs> I think it's a bad use of That's, his talents. I think he can make a lot yeah. more money and have a lot more joy moving on. It's time. That's why they call it retirement. Yeah. It's time for him to go do something else. Now, having said that, how yeah. much is in your all's nest egg in your TSP? Um, combined between his and mine is uh, about seven hundred thousand. Okay, and you're fifty, and he's fifty-five. Yes. Okay. All right, so if that is invested in the C plan, the C plan is averaged a little over 11%, and the vast majority of it should be in the C plan. If it's not, move it. Okay? I think it is. Um, it's C, S, and I. What we, what we it, teach. I okay, so you're doing what we teach. So you should be making north of 10%, which means roughly every seven years your nest egg is going to double. So in seven years when you're... Uh, 57, and he's 62, if you add nothing to the TSP, it would be 1.4. If you okay. wait seven more years, it will be 2.8. Okay. You're okay. So we will be okay. You're going to be right. okay. But in the meantime, well, we also, in the we meantime also you'd a... like to be adding to it, and in the meantime, you'd like to be making enough to eat so you don't have to touch this nest egg. Right. And if his reduced salary $1000 mortgage. Yeah, if with his reduced salary and your income, do you all want to live on that or does he need to do what I was suggesting and get a little better bang for his buck? Cuz let me just tell you, here's what's running through my head. The highest income decade of the typical person's life is their 50s. Between 50 and 60 years old is the highest income of the typical person. The reason is very simple. It takes people a while to find their passion, get in their passion, develop their skills, and do a bunch of stupid stuff that they never do again. And so your career typically apexes in your 50s. You're in your 50s. He's in his 50s. And he's going to retire and take a pay cut in the decade when he ought to be making more than he's ever made in his whole freaking life because all of his book of experience is so valuable in the marketplace for the next 10 years from 55 to 65, he ought to be apexing that puppy not taking a pay cut to stay in his comfort zone. That's what's bothering me. And I, I'm not picking on him. I'm not saying he's doing something wrong. I'm not saying he's mailing it in. I'm not saying he's lazy. But he's just missing opportunity is what I'm seeing. And I think he could find great joy in, in you know, developing a uh, law enforcement academy on his own or uh, working with or consulting with law enforcement academies. He's taught for years there. He knows the inside of it. teach businesses how to prepare for for. Yeah. critical incident stress man there's so many things dave and this reminds me very similar so the answer to your question kathy before john yeah. goes is you're okay to a parent who realizes their kid's 16 and they got to go to college in a few years mandatory retirement age is mandatory retirement age don't let that sneak up on you have decisions and ideas about where you're going to go and who you're going to be. Start planning for these things. Explore other businesses. Talk to folks who've already left the thing before, right? Plan for some of this stuff instead of letting it just sneak up on you. And then thinking, I don't know. We'll see when he Man, you're going to find yourself psychologically crazy because you haven't prepped well, for what's coming. He he may have decided what he's going to do. He's going to stay there. I mean, that may be. But then she's left, she's left wondering if they're okay. Right. That's right. So the, the whole thing hadn't been pushed all the way through. By the way, y'all, Christmas this year, December 25th. No surprise. They don't move it. Every year. They don't move it. Mandatory retirement, same age. Don't move it. 
It'll move it. And by the way, mandatory retirement doesn't mean you have to quit life. No. It means you quit that job. You could start life now. Could be. This is the Dave Ramsey Show. Well, we all have enough on our plates, right? The last thing we need is to not get a good night's sleep. Think about how effective you're going to be during the day if you can't even think clearly because you didn't actually rest. That's one of the reasons I've been recommending Tuft & Needle. My family has their mattresses, and they start as low as $350. Plus, you can try it out 100 nights risk-free. Go to TN.com to pick yours out. They ship it to your door for free. That's TN.com. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host. Open phones at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Two two five. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. Kim is in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Hi, Kim. Welcome to the Dave Ramsey Show. Hi. Thank you both for taking my call. Sure. So um, my question is, my father-in-law passed away a couple years ago, and we were blessed with an inherited IRA. Um, right now, it's worth about sixty-five thousand. Um, we're kind of torn on what to do with this money. We're on baby steps four, five, and six. Um, we were initially thinking save it for kids' college. Um, we have a fourteen-year-old, five-year-old, and a set of twins who are two. Um, the other thing we're thinking about, and maybe this would be stupid to do, would be um, we're kind of saving up for cash for my husband's new truck and there's some home things we want to do would it be silly to use that money for that or should we play it safe and save it for kids college or is there something else we're not thinking to do with this how much money is there Sixty-five thousand. Oh, you told me that i'm sorry no it's fine well at the first and, of the, and by the, at the first oh, of the year sorry. They, and by, by the go ahead Oh, sorry. By the time the five-year-old and twins are done, we will have our home paid off. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good news. Well, um, you're, of course, required to pay taxes but no penalties on any money you would try withdraw from an inherited IRA. And there was a law yep. passed in January called the SECURE Act, and um, basically they have shifted the laws on the inherited IRA and it requires that you withdraw the money within 10 years. And so you so got you got to pull out a tenth of it. Anyway. Well, ours is 2 years old, so I I was under the understanding that it were kind of grandfathered in. Oh, you might be. You might be on the standard RMD, the standard required minimum. You still have a minimum withdrawal, but it might be a lot smaller. Yep. Um you can't withdraw nothing. That's not an option and it never has been. But um, that's true. You probably are right. Okay. Uh, what would I do? That's why we you have no you. debt. Ex- you have no debt except your home, right? It, nope, just our home, thanks to you. Yeah. No, I didn't pay it. You did. Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and you mentioned how, how close are you to paying off your house? 
Oh, about nine years we're projecting. Okay. What's the balance on it? Um, about three hundred. Okay. And what's your household income? Just shy of two hundred. Oh, you're doing great. Okay. Well, it's just whatever you use, you're going to have to pay taxes on. And so, out of um, out of every ten thousand you pull out, uh, four thousand is going to go to taxes. In your situation, okay, mm-hmm. and so uh, if you leave it in there, that four to the extent you can leave it in there, that four thousand is the government's money is going to be used to grow you more future money, and so I'm going to leave my hands off of it as long as I can because I'm delaying a tax bill and I'm using what is tax money otherwise to grow more money with. Does that make sense? Yep. And you don't so, need the money. You don't need it for anything. If you do, it's there, and you can just pull it out, no penalties, and pay the taxes on it. But, I mean, uh, if yeah. you need a truck, you can save up and buy a truck. You make 200000 You don't have any payments but a house payment. If you want to go on vacation, you save up and go on vacation. If you want to start saving for retirement, kids' college, you should be doing that. You make 200000 And let this money take the minimum withdrawals on it that are required, and, and that way the government you delay giving the government any money you have to give them as long as you can. That way their money is making you money. Because you're making interest. You're making, and if you've got invested, you're making a return on that 4000 out of that ten. Um, as long as you hold on to the four. And so but by cashing it in, you, you've now you got six instead of four out of every 10000 that you pull it off. And so it's pretty expensive money to use is what it is. Because the tax rate's so high, because you make so much money. You're one of those evil rich people. You must be punished and get ready. You're about to be. T- but, tell um, me about this mandatory retirement. I mean, it's mandatory withdrawal. I've never heard that before. Well, when you do an inherited IRA okay. only, not a regular IRA. But if you inherit, your, your daddy, daddy passes away, like in her case, left her an IRA. You're the beneficiary. They have required minimum distributions, RMDs. Uh, at 70 and a half on a traditional, you have required minimum distributions on a regular IRA. Okay. You're, you're required to begin taking it out, and there's a table that they give you to do that with. And it's not a lot, but you have to begin taking it out, so you just can't leave it in there forever. Now, with a Roth, you can leave it in there forever. You don't have to touch it. Okay. Now, the new, if you inherit an IRA in the year 2020, she's right. She got it two years ago, so she's grandfathered in. Then you have to withdraw it all within 10 years. Okay. So in her case, she's got a if that if if she'd gotten sixty five thousand in twenty twenty six six thousand five hundred a year for ten years is the minimum. Okay. And that way, the government is forcing you to liquidate it so that you have to give them their taxes. And that way, you can't just keep putting it down the road and never keep, pay them. Kick the can down the road and make money off of the four grand per ten grand. Hmm. That's their money that you're making money with. So it sounds like that's not a great vehicle to leave people in your it's legacy okay. money. It's okay. But it's just they've taken the – it used to be great, but mm-hmm. they keep chipping away at it, you know, figuring out a way to get their money out of you. Right. Um, because okay. that's what they do. Yep. Because, um, I mean, obviously that was passed under the political agenda that rich people must be punished. Mm. Because if you leave an inheritance, you're rich. Right. 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 This is $65,000. Right. This is a middle-class, lower-middle-class IRA. It was not a – this is not a multi-millionaire. But they're going to take what twenty thousand of that? Yeah, yeah they take forty percent of it. She makes two hundred grand. It's taxed at her rate. Yeah, so take that household in, that house is going to be taxed at close to forty forty percent, mm. plus or minus all the crap they get you with. But the um, but so you know, uh, 
Yeah, it's twenty grand easy. Yeah. It's probably yeah, approaching thirty grand. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, uh, that. But no, it's not a bad thing to do that. It's just you have a ten-year drain down now mm-hmm. on it, and so if you're in, if you're leaving an inherited IRA, that's what you're doing. That's one of the beauties of the Roth product is once you get over into Roth, it's tax-free. You leave it tax-free. The government's already got their money. Still tax-free. They keep growing it. No, yeah. they're, no, they're not going to get any money. No, but they got it at your paycheck. Well, right? they got it. They got the pre-tax. Right. It's an after-tax investment, right. so they got their money on that. But the growth was always free. That's right. And the growth is the vast majority of the account. So the mm-hmm. Roth is is a beautiful vehicle in that regard because you, you don't have a required minimum distribution at 70 and a half. Mm-hmm. You don't have required drawdown you know, on inherited. It's just tax-free. Love it. And so if you've got the option of doing that, that changes things. But um, in her case, it's still a blessing. She's still got $65,000. But I would put it off. I kick the can as far down the road as you can kick it and keep their hands off of as long as you can. Amy's in Chicago. Hi, Amy. How are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you? Good. How can we help? Good. Um, so we are really excited over at our house. My husband and I are in the adoption process, and about a week ago, we were matched with a little boy. Mm. Um, so we have been advised by our pastor that um, it might be a good idea to open up to friends and family for financial assistance in, a, in completing his adoption because not every family adopts. But it is a way as Christians to support adoption. Um, we don't know that we feel super comfortable with that because of the amount of money that we make um, and knowing that we can afford to write a check straight from our bank account for the amount of money that this will require. So I was just wondering your advice on that. I wouldn't. I would pay the check, and I would invite people to participate in a shower, in you know a baby shower or diapers and that kind of thing. But if you're able to do that, um, I I wouldn't. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I think that um, if you can afford to go on a missions trip, you should go on a missions trip. You don't need to raise money for it. If you can, uh, if you can afford to adopt, you should do that, and you don't raise money for it. However, I don't disagree with your pastor in the sense that maybe we can use your platform and the fact that you have been matched and you have this huge blessing in your life, and you could tell friends and family to support the concept of adoption to find a couple who can't afford it all day, every day, That's and right. push them to do that, and use your story, your narrative to do that. But you don't need the money. This is the Dave Ramsey Show. As we continue to face challenging times, I hear that a lot of you have been calling Xander Insurance to see if term life plans are still available. The good news is that the insurance companies are starting to loosen up the restrictions. So if you haven't dealt with this yet, do it now. Let this crazy season motivate you to get your priorities in order and check the big things, like life insurance, off your list. Rates are still low. Call Xander Insurance today, 800-356-4282, or visit xander.com. Thank you for joining us, America. 
Dr. John Deloney, best-selling author of the book Redefining Anxiety, is my co-host today here on the air, Ramsey Personality. Open phones as we talk about your life and your money. Phone number is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Maybe 2020 has not been good for your goals. Well, guess what? A new year is coming. You're going to get a clean slate, a fresh whiteboard. And with Christmas just around the corner, it's time to think about giving yourself the gift of peace, confidence with your money. How do you give yourself that? Well, Ramsey Plus. Ramsey Plus is the all-access membership to our best money tools and content. You'll learn everything money with our online courses like Financial Peace University. This taught 6 million people how to get out of debt and how to build wealth. You'll make budgets that actually work with the world's best, most robust budgeting app, Every Dollar. You'll get all the motivation you need to make your money and goals a reality with the new Baby Steps tracking app. This Christmas, you could give yourself the gift of money confidence. Go to DaveRamsey.com store, and you can get into Ramsey Plus, or you can test drive it for a free trial. DaveRamsey.com store. Look at Ramsey Plus and do the seven-day free trial. Open phones at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. DJ is with us in St. Louis. Hi, DJ. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you? I'm doing well. Great. How can we help? Well, um, I am graduating in May with my master's degree, and I'm already starting to job hunt. And one of the issues I've ran into is that many of the employers that I'm looking at want X number of years of paid working experience. And I'm just curious as to how I could either A, circumnavigate getting paid experience, or B, make myself more attractive to them to want to take a chance on me. What's your master's in? Exercise physiology, and my field of study is cardiac rehabilitation. Okay. So what are you applying for? Cardiac rehab? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, you, for any of those health professions, man, there's a season, whether it's a medical doctor or what uh, nursing tiers, where you just got to go in, brother, and start grinding it out and put your time in and get to know folks there, as our friend Ken Coleman talks about, get next to people at the first job you can take and grind it out and grind it out and show people that you are going above and beyond click in for extra shifts when you can and um, you may not be able to go straight into the job you want but if they want three years of paid experience and they see how you hustle after one year then they may pick you up and move you on Um, I had somebody do that for me they took a third year that wasn't really a third year because it was three years required and they they counted it um, because they saw how hard I was working and what I brought and the skills I brought to the table yeah but you're going to have to get in there and grind it out. But there's no way to circumvent it in the in the healthcare field, especially in the one you're doing, man, because they can't make a mistake there because a mistake gets somebody no. killed, right? And so the liability there, the expertise and wisdom there is there's not a lot of corner cutting going on. Hmm. If it was another field, and I don't know how this applies to yours, and, and John may be sitting here telling me with his answer that it doesn't apply, but if it was another field, I would almost be tempted to find a way to eat for six months and offer to work for free or for three months 
let me come in there and work for three months and prove to you, and I, I won't charge you a dime. Uh, now, obviously, you'd have to have oversight um, uh, and whatever to where they had a comfort level with your competence so someone didn't get harmed, to John's point. And I don't know how that kind of thing would work in the medical world. It, it's probably harder to do that in that world than it is in the business world, as an example. But if, if, um, if I have someone that doesn't have experience, we're thinking about hiring a marketing position, and you got a master's degree, you're straight out of school in marketing, um, translation, you don't know beans about marketing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you just got a master's is all. Oh, That's sorry. Right. Sorry, but you don't. Uh, you've never sold anything to anyone except your professor for a grade. Right. And so, uh, you know, but you come in here and you're sharp and you hold the interview and you offer to work for three months for free to prove your worth, mm-hmm. that you can add value. Um, we would not let you do that, but that would be an, such an impressive offer. It would make us give you a chance of some kind or consider it. If, if the only thing on the table was that you were fresh out of school. Mm-hmm. And we don't hire a ton of people fresh out of school, hardly any right. in here. Most of the people we hire are, have had at least one position before they come here, but we do occasionally. And But, again, it's any organization net-net is looking to see can you add value more than you cost. Right. And that's what any employer is hiring for. I tell our team all the time, I'm real straight with them, you have to make more than you cost me, otherwise this thing's going to fold up. <laughs> right. That's how this works. And so there has to be an ROI on everybody here, including old Dave. Right. And so um, otherwise it folds up like a cheap tent. And so, uh, uh, but that's, if you can figure out a way to get your foot in the door on something and be willing to work for free and deliver pizzas at night, and you use that for uh, to pay your rent and to keep your lights on and keep a little food on the table, and you do that for six months. I don't think you're going to have to do it for three years, but if you can get your foot in the door, is that any possibility that would work? Yeah, but I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I think he could get a job, work in the front counter at a, at a place, and then ask, hey, when you do this type of surgery or when you start this type of rehab, can I just go watch? Or can I come in on Saturdays? Or can I come after my shift is go. over? Can I watch? At least get in the door. Right. So yeah. when I was when I got my first job out of college, which was coaching high school um, basketball and track and, and being a teacher there in Houston, when the varsity coach was cutting people, I went and asked him. I've never seen somebody get cut. I want to be – can I just sit in that room and watch that conversation? And he looked at me. Great guy. And he said, sure, come on in. Don't say anything. And it was a hard, but I got to watch up close a, a, a man of integrity tell a young man you didn't make the team. Mm. And it was hard to watch, and it was hard to be in that room, and the, you got to feel the room, the tension in that room, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. students would get mad, students would say, I'm sorry. That's how I began to learn. And then a couple of years later, I was able to say, hey, no, I've been in rooms where there's hard conversations. We've had this. And then I had to start doing it right with my own team. So it's putting yourself in a situation where you can be successful and, yeah, grind it out and pay the bills. Yeah, hang on. I'll have Kelly pick up. I'll give you a copy of Ken Coleman's book, which is really the best answer to your equation. And it's what we're talking about. It's called um, the Proximity Principle. It is the number one, or it is Ken's number one best-selling book. Uh, the proven strategy that will lead to the career you love. The Proximity Principle, and that's what we're saying: is get in proximity right. of people who are doing what you want to do, even if it's not ideal. And that gets, quote-unquote, your foot in the proverbial door. I also think, before you take this call, Dave, this is a, a, a good lesson for everybody. Just because you got a master's degree doesn't mean someone's going to hire you. And there is a gap between getting your um, bachelor's degree, you race through and get a master's degree, well, suddenly 
you're going to require too much salary for me to hire you, and you don't have enough experience to back that salary up. And so there is some wisdom sometimes to going to work for a year or two, take, go to school at night, or adjust your schedule so that by the time you graduate with this master's, you've got two or three years of paid experience under your belt, and you haven't outpriced yourself for the, uh, the work experience that you have. Yeah. I don't know in that field if it's a master's required to get in the door. I don't know. I can't imagine they would let you work on patients without a graduate degree. I wouldn't think. No. I wouldn't think. So it might be a little different step. But the, uh, you know, for instance, a master's in business is certainly not required. Hardly anywhere. Right. Major corporations, you know, but you don't want to work for them anyway. Right. So, um, you know, it's a horrible situation. Yeah. But, but, I mean, we've got people in the building here with MBAs, but... Um, we really care whether they get crap done. We don't really care whether they have an MBA. I wish I, you'd been there the day I asked the HR director, hey, where do I send my transcripts? And he looked at me like I, had, <laughs> I asked him. Huh? Yeah. What's we'll that? Can, can you do the job, John? That's the question at the Ramsey office. Yeah. Can you get the job done? Your raise is effective when you are. That's right. Doesn't matter if you got more degrees than a thermometer. This is the Dave Ramsey Show. Scripture of the day, Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy and I will give thanks to him in song. Arnold Schwarzenegger said, strength does not come from winning. Your struggles develop your strengths. When you go through hardships and decide not to surrender, that is strength. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Stephanie is with us in Miami. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Hi, Dave. I'm good. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Um, so my question, Dave, is, uh, so my husband lost his job due to COVID-19. Uh, we decided to defer our mortgage payment, uh, even though I'm still working and I, I'm pretty sure I could afford to make the payments. It would be a little tight for me, um, obviously, without that extra income coming in. Uh, my question to you would be, should I continue to make those payments? Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, the way that I look at it, it's not like the payments are on hold. So maybe if you could explain a little to me what, what I should do. Well, I don't know the terms under which your mortgage company is allowing you to defer the mortgage payment this long. Uh, there were some that were doing it through August, but you've done it all the way through December now, right? Well, we started a little late, so we started deferring them um, in September. Okay, and so you've deferred September, October, November, and now December. Right. And when will those be repaid? Um, I think we're deciding to start repaying them. No, what is, the, what is the mortgage company requiring? Uh, I think uh, it's three months, so I, I think, yeah, three months. So you have to repay them within three months? I'm not sure, actually. Is there a chance you just stop paying your mortgage? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'll- so uh, the terms were because we were also looking into refinancing. So 
I believe that what we had to do is that we pay three consecutive months and then we would have the option to refinance. So, yeah. Okay. Um, what do you owe on your home? Uh, two fifteen. Mm-hmm. What What did your husband do? That he, what kind of job did he lose? He worked in IT. He works in IT. Yeah. Why is he not reemployed? Uh, he's been looking, and it's just been so difficult. Um, but in he's IT, been applying like yeah, I know. What does he do in IT? IT's booming. Yeah, I thought IT jobs were like a sign-up sheet. Yeah, I think he needs to look a little harder, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think yes. that's right. Um, I I, uh, I think we found the problem. The house payments are a symptom. So, um, how old are you guys? Uh, we're 30 years old. And what has he been doing with his time, pray tell? Uh, so he has been collecting unemployment and actively looking for a job, and he actually went back to school, so he's completing his degree in, in IT and what he's doing. Okay. Um, you guys cannot afford for him to do that because you're not paying your house payment. And so if he can right. go back to school while he's working full-time, I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with him collecting unemployment and going to school and piling up house payments because you're going to lose your home. Because you don't have any idea what you signed up for. That's what you told me. Because you can't tell me what you signed up for. And so I don't know what you've signed up for. But a lot of these deferred payments are going to come due instantly, and they're going to want the whole thing, or they're going to want you to pay it back in a very short period of time. And if you don't have a detailed plan in writing for the mortgage company that you understand, which apparently you don't, um, you've set yourself up to lose the house if you don't start paying double mortgage payments and get current on your mortgage and stay current, which involves him getting a job. And so right. that's what needs to happen. You guys need to have a January 1 New Year's resolution to begin paying double house payments because by then he is by God employed. Hang on. I'm going to have Kelly give you a copy of Ken Coleman's book. Um, with a proximity principle, I also want your husband today to go to KenColeman.com and download every resource he's got there on how to look for a job, how to interview, how to get your foot in the door, because IT jobs are a booming. This is freaking Miami, Florida. There is work to be done there in IT. This is not, you're not, you don't live in Podunkville. There's lots of IT jobs in Miami, Florida. And today, call your mortgage company and, and find, find out, out what kind of what mess you're is in. going on. You can't just walk out and declare, like Michael Scott walked out and declared bankruptcy in the office. You can't just declare, I'm going to defer my mortgage payments. You've got to have, Dave said, you've got to have a written plan. Everybody's on the same page. You can't just not send them a check. Yeah, and then they, t- some woman told you on the phone in customer service who's had a job there for three days that you can pay three payments and then get refinanced. That's just That's the way you lose a house is not having a deal done on this. And this is the danger of these ridiculous COVID um, things that have come out uh, in the legislation and offerings from the different companies under the name of mercy, but they were really not merciful when you get to looking at it. And that even includes unemployment, uh, which has um, kept him from going his and becoming his best self. Because I can promise you there's IT workers have been landing jobs a lot since he lost his. A lot. Um, we've hired 
a buzz, I mean, I don't know how many we've hired. I probably 50 or 60 or 70 since March in the IT field alone. Um, so in the middle of COVID. So it's, uh, um, yeah, that that's, you guys got to work on his career and you need to get this detailed out on your house before you lose it, honey. Cindy is in Boston, Mass. Hi, Cindy. How are you? Hi, Dave. What's up? You and I spoke two years ago. Um, you gave me your Financial Peace University uh, for free. I'm a single mom, cancer patient, uh, and I live in housing. We have shootings constantly. Two years ago when you gave me that, uh, that Financial Peace, um, I went to work. Um, I have a side hustle. I take care of hospice patients in, in home. I bought a car, cash down eight thousand six hundred. I have savings of six thousand. I now earn four thousand a month on the side hustle. Woo-hoo, look at you! Wow. I need to move out of where I am because it's unsafe. Yeah. But on my on my baby steps, I have my emergency fund. My only debt I do need to pay off is my student loans, twenty seven thousand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. It's hard to know what to do next. How many kids have you got? I have one son, 19 years old, in college. Good. So is he supporting himself? No, he's he's under my wing. Does he, he lives in your house? He does. Okay. All right. So what are you doing? What's the side hustle? I, I am basically um, a former OT student. Oh, you said you were doing hospice. Hospice is your side? That's right. Yes. Okay. All right. I take care of elders in their homes. And so it changes, it, your your location changes as you pick up different contracts, correct? Yes, sir. And since I got this vehicle, I've been riding it hard. Okay. What a stud. You Good are. You. You're incredible. You're Good incredible. You. you gave me so hope what's, what's wrong? my what's, gasoline. Well, you did it. I'm so proud of you. You're a hero. So what's wrong <laughs> with you. going outside of Boston far enough that the prices drop and getting a two-bedroom apartment? Oh, I'm looking. I'm okay. looking. Right. I'm on disability. I'm in housing. That's your next step. I'm on step. Medicare. That's your next right. step. To get off of these things, um, yeah. I need I need to get my, uh, building my wealth, my investment. Now you're building, you're, you're making $4,000 a month. You're okay. Mm-hmm. Right. You Where can go, you can go rent an apartment. Oh, by the way, the 19-year-old's going to get a job starting tomorrow. Oh, he's already looking. Good, good. Because if he's going to live under your roof and and you're a single mom with disability and you're doing all this other crap, he's gonna he's gonna start carrying part of the weight. Mm-hmm. I want I want him being buying some bread, yes. buying some meat, buying some eggs. One of the cornerstones of the baby steps is not being around gunshots sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. Feel free to hit pause and baby go get step point five. Point five. <laughs> Safe housing, right? Oh, good point. That puts us out of the Dave Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Have a friend or family member that needs a daily dose of Ramsey advice in their life? Let them know about the Ramsey Call of the Day podcast. It's a quick hit of advice about life and money in under 10 minutes. Check out the Ramsey Call of the Day podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're looking for fun and practical ways to save money in your everyday life, you need to check out The Rachel Cruz Show, a podcast from money expert and my daughter, Rachel Cruz. 
Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz, and I'm so excited to tell you about my podcast. A lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck. They're in debt. They don't even know where to begin, but they have this need, this want to get in control of their money. And if that's you, you have come to the right spot. So in each episode, you're going to get a ton of inspiration and practical advice. If you've not subscribed to the Rachel Cruz Show podcast, make sure you do it today. Hear more from the Ramsey Network, including the Rachel Cruz Show, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Dave Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you've heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.